um, show me. Um, it showed me that I don't know much about God's Word. Because um, the more I study, the more I realize, man, there's just, I just fall short. I, I just do. It just, uh, the more I get into the Word, the more I study, the more I realize, wow, there is so much more than I ever realized about God's Word. And, and I have to get further into it. I have to go deeper in order really to understand it. Because uh, there's a lot there. Today we're going to start um, uh, a series getting into Advent, um, dealing with our, uh, our Christmas season. I love this, this time of year. Uh, I've been uh, listening to Christmas music for uh, um, a good, um, oh, let's be honest, two months now. Um, you know, and so, I mean, there isn't any good, you know, um, Halloween music, let's be honest. Um, and let, if, if you're going to be honest, most of the rest of the year, there isn't any good music. So, you know, Christmas just, just makes up, you know, good music all the time. So, um, so I, I, I'm a good Christmas music type of person year round. So I could do it. So it's good. Uh, but today we're going to focus on hope. How many like hope? You know, hope is a good one. Hope's a good topic. The promise of hope. Hope, I love this definition of hope. It's not in your notes there. You'll notice today you have a full page. I could not, I kept trying to figure out how to crunch this down in a half a page and, and give you the ability to see it. It didn't work, so you have a whole page. Um, so, um, but I just felt like you need this information, and so I just thought we're going to give you, uh, we're going to give you a whole eight and a half by 11, Okay. Um, so, um, hope is, um, the eager anticipation of something. Eager anticipation. I love those two words connected together. Eager anticipation. Now, we hope for a lot of things. You know, we hope for it not to rain. We hope for it to snow, or not to snow, or for it to be sunny, or whatever. You know, there people have a lot of hopes in life. Um, some of you will remember this. Um, it used to be very popular, development of a hope chest. And what was the whole premise behind a hope chest? Getting married. That's right. And uh, uh, a hope chest was developed, you know, because uh, this young lady was going to be getting married. And so all these things were going to be going into this hope chest, you know, and in preparation for her marriage, you know, um, all the things that were going to launch her into her new life. Um, and so hope, eager anticipation. But let's be honest. There should be nothing that grants us more eager anticipation than our thoughts in relation to the birth of Christ, not only for what the birth of Christ introduced into our lives, but also for uh, the thing that it launched into this world for our future expectation. Because the birth of Christ just is just the beginning of everything else. You know, it's the start. And, and I'm thankful for the start, because without a start, you can't have the finish, right? You know, we've got to start somewhere. It's like with any uh, good weight loss program, you've got to have a day one start. Um, and uh, with uh, the birth of Christ, you know, he started this whole process. And now we have this an eager anticipation of his return. Because we all know, because Christ came, this world is not our home. And all the things that we deal with today are not our reality for our future. We know that God's going to deliver us out of this world. He's going to deliver us from all the things that are going on here. And, I, and I'm thankful for that. You know, I love, I love the things that God's doing in my life. Um, speaking about that, how many of you have been praying for your um, cards of people that you've been writing down for salvation. All right, some of you, you're going to have to get yourself working here. 
Let me just share this little testimony. Um, so one of my prayer people, one of my people on my cards is my, my youngest brother, Blaine. Okay? Now, the odds of Blaine actually watching my service, being that he is not a friend of mine on Facebook, are pretty slim. Um, but here's this. Um, I've, been, um, I've been praying for Blaine's salvation. Now, Blaine and I have normally zero interaction. Um, so we have no, my family and I have zero interaction. Um, we just don't talk. But my mom is in a nursing home in Troy. Um, and so on Thanksgiving Day, Nancy and I went to Troy to spend some time with her in a nursing home. And do you know the odds of me actually catching my brother actually showing up at the nursing home um, the same day that um, I am there? Being that um, he hasn't actually been there very much since my mom's been in the nursing home. Um, it's pretty slim. And I'm signing in with my wife, and lo and behold, who comes in right behind me is my brother. And we sat in my mom's room for the next two hours and had a, probably the most significant conversation that I can ever remember having with my brother that was in any way positive. Now, I can show you lots of negative conversation because they're recorded um, in my text messages. Um, but this was a positive conversation from beginning to end. And today, after we get done decorating the church, um, I'm actually going and we're, um, we are um, taking my mom's uh, house apart. And um, she is, you know, so we're, we're doing that all today and putting all of her stuff in storage. And so... Um, so that's a, you know, we're doing that together. I, he, 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 asked, he actually asked me if I would help him. So he asked for my help. And I said yes. <laughs> I was going to not say yes. Um, just because there was that portion of me that just did not want to be nice. Is there anybody else out there that has those moments in life that thought, you know what, you've not been nice to me um, since I came home from, you know, moved back here from South Dakota. Why in the world would I want to be nice? And then Jesus said, um, because you've been praying for his salvation. And so it's like, yes, I will show up. <laughs> and so um, I'm going out there today to help um, him do that. And so um, your prayers can make a difference. So it was a matter of, you know, just in the, in the month and or so of prayer time spent for praying for my brother's salvation, God has brought us together um, to have two conversations already. Now, you, you can say, well, that's just, uh, you know, coincidence. But in, in the kingdom of God, there are no coincidences. So I just want you to understand, um, there is this... Um, eager anticipation that I have, all launched because of the hope uh, of the birth of Christ that, that came together um, back a few thousand years ago. And, and see, and I feel confident, just as God has not forgotten me, he didn't forget me when he, uh, at 16 years of age, when he uh, intersected my life, I am, I am confident that God has not forgotten my youngest brother. Now, I know he's had an experience with Christ before. So I know that the seed of Christ has been planted there. And so all I need is to continue to water that seed, and God can do a work. So I need to make sure that I am not doing anything that would kill the seed, right? I have to do my part to water, to fertilize. And that's where I, I come today to encourage you to keep praying for those that are on your, your prayer cards for salvation because I believe, as I've shared over this next year, I believe we're going to see significant salvations come from those cards where we're praying for people to be saved. So, Back to our topic on the promise of hope. 
Um, this series of Advent, the, the promise is the overarching theme of the series. And uh, uh, this series culminating on um, Christmas Day, we'll discover God who keeps his promises. How many of you like it when people keep promises? <laughs> my dad, I, I remember my dad throughout our growing up years telling us that he was going to take us to an amusement park. It was a promise that he made for it to us frequently as kids. And my dad never fulfilled that promise. Um, and, it, you know, after a while as kids, we knew it was never going to happen. And we moved away from even trusting in that promise. Um, and, I, and I look today in my life as a pastor and the number of people that I've sat down with in counseling, marriage counseling, and how much damage it's done to marriages when couples don't keep their promises. It's huge. The damage that's done in a marriage when people don't keep their promises. Promises are big. We need to understand the importance of a promise. But see, God understands the importance of a promise. And when God made a promise, God intends to keep his promise. And God has given us a promise, and he's in, in, in the midst of that promise, he's also woven into it some significant pieces that are going to give us strength along the way so that we're not left without encouragement along the way. Those pieces are hope, peace, joy, and love. These, these pieces that we're going to celebrate this Advent season give us the ability to hold on to that promise a little bit tighter. For us today, as we focus on, uh, on hope, uh, we do so with the understanding that the more we have this eager anticipation of what Christ is going to do, looking towards what this, this, uh, this return of Christ will be, looking at the birth of Christ and what it announced, knowing that because it was announced and he did come in fulfillment, you know, you look at the birth of Christ and it was prophesied, you know, you know hundreds and thousands of years before his, his coming, the odds of, of, you know, there were, you know, hundreds of prophecies of Christ coming before he ever came. And the odds of Christ actually coming and fulfilling all of the things uh, that he did in his coming were astronomical. They're, they're, they're an impossibility. And yet he did it. And so if, if Christ can actually fulfill that, <coughs> that which was prophesied about him, in his coming, what makes us think that he can't fulfill that which was prophesied about his return? You know, and even in the, the reality of his coming or fulfilling that which was prophesied about his, his coming the first time, he navigated this world in the times of people trying to kill him early, <laughs> And, and those that tried to, you know, crown him as a, an early king, they, 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 all these different things that people attempted to do, he was able to navigate this world because he understood the reason why he came. And there's, that's a whole other message for a different time. But today our focus is on this promise of hope looking towards uh, this season as we look about what Christ actually came and the, and the promise of why he came. And so today, as we look at these things, I want us to look towards the hope of the season, trying to focus ourselves on the season of Advent. Advent itself um, comes from the Latin word Adventus, meaning the coming or the arrival. That is why this season is celebrated called Advent season or uh, the season of Advent as some call it. You know, During these four weeks we'll celebrate the birth of Christ, his first coming, and also uh, the future arrival or his second coming. That is on your sheet. It should be if I filled in all your blanks properly. Today we will visit the first theme of hope. 
I believe that we have lost the depth of the theme of hope when our hopes are really just wishful thinking about trivial things. Scripture does not speak of hope in the way of wish, wishful thinking. 1 Peter 1.13 says, So prepare your minds. How many every morning? How many have a ritual that you go through? Besides getting out of bed. <laughs> um, part of my ritual is I have, you know, these scriptures that I play every morning, these uh, positive things, affirmations that I've written um, that are based out of God's word that set my mind so that I know about who I am. They're, they're I am declarative statements from the word of God. So I, I go through those every morning so that when I, as soon as I wake up, I listen to those and my mind is set and ready for the day. Now, I do that because I know as soon as I, I leave my house, I know I'm going to be bombarded by a lot of statements that are not going to be positive statements, right? Now, Peter's telling us here to set our minds, to prepare our minds. If you don't prepare your mind, who's going to take over? The enemy. Anybody who you let. Now Peter's giving us a little insight here. He's saying, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to, you, to the world. Prepare your minds for action and and exercise self-control. I love these thought processes that Peter is setting into motion for us so that we're not sitting around doing nothing. Action and self-control. Most of the time when we talk about hope, it's, it is in terms of the future, but it also has a lot to do with our present. Peter uses the phrase, prepare your minds for action, and this is translated literally to gird up the loins of your mind. Okay, the loins of your mind, it is, this, it is this, this fortress around your mind that is protecting you. And so you need to make sure that those, that protective armor, that shield you're putting around your mind is going to be such that is going to give you the ability to withstand whatever onslaught is coming at you. Our hope is not just meant to be something that only impacts our future. It's meant to impact our present also. And as we recognize this, the, the future and the present, it allows us to actually come together with a, uh, a package deal that gives us a, a unified effort of both future and present focus. See, that's, how I think, how we're able to move in a manner that is in unified approach with God when we have a, a future and a, a present focus that is in line with God's word, we're able to actually accomplish what God has called us to do because there, we're in balance with living today as God's called us to with a focus on uh, the future with how God wants us to live. And so we're able to move in the right direction. So our first point today is hope is certainly about the future that impacts the present. Impacts the present. Our hope is not set in some ambiguous, some open to more than one interpretation, or having double meaning optimism for no reason. Okay? Our hope is not, is not just this random thing that we come up with. Our hope is set in specific moments in history. Our hope is set in the birth of Christ. Our hope is set in the, the death and resurrection of Christ. Our, our hope is set in the, the return of Christ. So we have these specific moments. Our hope is set in our salvation. Do you realize that your salvation is a specific moment in, in, 
your life that gives you the ability to, to look at the hope that Christ came to bring? It is part of your story that no one else can refute. See, hope is about living right now in light of the future promise. And, and your salvation is about that future promise because when you live without awareness of what Christ did for you, no one can argue with that, and you know that you know that this world, regardless of what goes on in it, is not all that there is. That even though there's death and dying all around us, there is a life that is ahead of us that is, is so much better. Right? So much better. Um, I like fall. I like the temperatures of fall sometimes, you know. I, I like sweaters, and, uh, um, you know, I like you know, a lot of the clothes I get to wear during fall. I don't mind falling leaves, but you know what I hate? I don't like, I, now, I'm one of those people that I don't really rake leaves. I believe they, meant, they were meant to fall on the ground and be there for a reason, but here's the thing. I live in a neighborhood that everybody rakes their leaves. And so they look at my yard like, what are you doing and why aren't you raking your leaves? Now, that's the way I was in South Dakota, too. And then when the wind blows and it blows all my leaves in their yard, they look at me like, why didn't you rake your leaves? Now, I don't have to worry about it anymore because they're in your yard. But that's not why I did it. Um, but I think part of the leaves falling to the ground were meant to actually for them to die and degrade and, and new, you know, put nutrients into the soil. That's, what, that's part of the cycle of life that God did. Not for us to actually you know, pick them up and take them to a dump somewhere. We're, we're confused in those things. You know, anyways, that's a whole different topic. I won't go off on my you know, soapbox there. But uh, there are people that really struggle with this season, though, because it's a darker season. There are people that struggle with not as much light. There are people that struggle with what the falling of the leaves represents. But see, we don't realize that God has created the seasons to represent so much about life. That really the falling of the leaves is this cycle of, of things slowing down, leading into winter for a time of rest. You know, how many of you know that God wants us to rest once in a while? And we're not good at it. I, I, most of you know when I was down for my knee surgery, that was one of the most difficult seasons in my life. Me actually sitting around doing nothing for, you know, uh, almost a month. Uh, my family will attest that it was not really a good time of doing nothing, um, but I tried. But, uh, but it's how God made us to rest. You know, I think we actually fall apart more physically because we don't rest as much as God wants us to. And, and then spring is this symbolic thing of new life and then leading into summer. Anyways, God has created this whole process of life and if we look at it in the, in the way God has created it, it can actually create this beautiful picture. And we can find joy in it rather than just grief and, and this death. But because our fixation is on, on just one aspect of it, we find sadness and, and death. We have to look at the broader picture. And if our vision is so narrow, we miss so much of all the things that are going on. We have to, we have to look beyond just the, the darkness of the moment. In Isaiah 2, uh, it's 9-2, it says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. See, and that's, and when Jesus was introduced in the world, there was a time where he was brought in, there was a, there was a lot of persecution, and there was a lot of, of darkness in the land. And he came and he brought into the world a new hope. And for our world today, look at it. Have you noticed that there is a lot of darkness? 
not just because we're in fall right now coming into winter, but because our world in many ways is losing hope. They're losing hope, and we have the hope of the world not only residing within us, but something that we can freely give away to everyone we come in contact with. And so I invite you not only to pray for the people on your your 12 cards, if you filled out 12 of them, but to continue to add to that. Because you have the light of the world living in you, and God wants that light to shine. The Old Testament has so many promises and prophecies about the coming of Jesus. And each one of those promises helped to sustain the Jewish people. Because they believed uh, in those promises, they were able to uh, make it through many difficult days. And for us, when we look at that today, for, uh, even for the last year and a half, two years through the things that have gone on. Many believers have been able to to make it through some challenging times because of their faith. In a world that was full of darkness, there was a light coming. And for us today, when we look at the light of Christ that is one day coming again, we look with an eager anticipation that, that Christ is going to come again. I am excited about that, right? I look forward to it. I'm glad that Tia said amen up there. So... We have one amen that Christ is going to return, you know. But uh, now I know some of you are also excited, you know. It just, you know, she was just quicker on the amen up there. But um, um, yes, thank you, dear. So, <laughs> so, but we have to understand um, there's there needs to be a level of excitement that is developed within us about what Christ is doing in us, and about the things that are going on down the road about his return. We should talk about it. That should be part of our conversation. What would happen if we were having a little bit more conversation about the return of Christ in the places that we're sitting down talking with people? You know, some people would look a little bit confused. Because some haven't ever heard about, you know, him coming the first time. And then we would have the opportunity to talk about his first coming. See, these things, these conversations actually open the door for us to begin to share about the impact of this, this tremendous message, this, this, this tremendous hope that came into our lives. There was an individual in the scriptures that had a hope that he was going to see this great light. Um, uh, He was an older man. His name was Simeon. And he believed that he was going to see the Messiah. He believed that before he died, he was going to see the Messiah. And in Luke chapter 2, Verses 25 to 35, we're introduced to Simeon and his his introduction to uh, Jesus. And we're going to read that today. It says, At the time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly, there's that word again, waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Your parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, 
the baby's mother, mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Wow. Can you imagine being Mary and Joseph at this message? I mean, you're hearing the first part, the prayer that, you, that Simeon prayed over Jesus, and then, <laughs> you know, this message that followed about, you know, those that falling and rising and the sword piercing their soul, and it's like, whew, what an emotional encounter. But Simeon had faith and he believed and he trusted with eager anticipation. And it was believed that Simeon was somewhere around 112 years old at this point. But he, he trusted and God fulfilled his faith and allowed him to see his Messiah. Simeon was promised and he trusted in that promise. His life would be spared and until he set his eyes on the anointed one. Has God given you a promise? You know, God's given me several promises throughout my life. Things that I have trusted in. Things that I have believed him for. And those things I hold on to. <laughs> the beautiful prayer of Simeon. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon, in his many years, had seen many painful times. And yet, his one moment, his one thing of hope that he was holding out for, was the, was the, you know, seeing his Messiah, the anointed one. And God fulfilled that in this moment. See, this should speak to us in our situations today. That regardless of all the challenges and trials that we go through, God is not done with you. And I skipped a word in my sentence there, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. God is not done with you and will not quit on you, and will not quit on you. So you have to write in will. God is not done with you and will not quit on you. Just like he honored Simeon in this situation, God will honor the promises that he makes to you. God is a God who fulfills promises. Number two, hope is birthed out of deep longings and desperate need. Simeon shows us that hope is birthed out of these, these moments, these deep longings and desperate needs for God's presence and God's comfort. Luke tells us that Simeon was waiting at the temple. He was waiting at that place that, that he knew that Mary and Joseph would have to bring the baby Jesus. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The word consolation means encouragement or comfort. He was waiting for the comfort of Israel. He, he, it, this doesn't mean he was waiting for God's pat on the back and an, a few nice words saying, well done, you waited well. He was waiting to see the fulfillment of all that he had believed God for. The promise that they were waiting for was the fulfillment of the coming of the Messiah. The bringing of true hope into the world. Hope in the midst of some of the most difficult times in their history. 
in this moment, they were brought into a situation that God could truly begin to bring a new level of support, a new level of hope, a new level of encouragement to their lives. In this passage here, dealing with this word of uh, comfort um, or encouragement, um, this word for consolation out of Luke, it deals with um, this giving access to oneself. When, when Jesus was, was giving of himself, when Jesus came, he was giving access to himself. The gift of Jesus as the consolation of Israel, as the comfort, it was a gift of himself. And this literally means to give oneself. It, um, it's kind of waiting you do the deepest parts of yourself. It's waiting that involves a sort of pain. An awareness of our deep needs for something. It's a waiting that hurts. You know? Sorry, and I jumped, I had said Jesus, but I'm talking about Simeon here. And I jumped over to Jesus. But Simeon in his waiting process here had been waiting for Jesus so long, but it was a waiting that cost him physically to the point that it cost him great pain. I remember waiting for my wife before she was my wife. Not after. I, I wanted so much to get married. How many of you can remember those days? I thought when I went to Bible college that I was going to definitely get married before um, I ever graduated Bible college. Actually, I thought I was going to get married like after my freshman year. And my freshman year came and went, and sophomore came and went, and junior came and went, and my senior year came and went. And then the year after that came and went. And the year after that came and went. And the year after that came and went. And then God said, hey, I'm going to send you back to Ohio. So seven years out in Oregon, and God sent me back to Ohio. And there was this painful waiting period in my life. And God brought me back, and I met Nancy. But this, it was during this painful period of waiting that I, I truly learned about who I was, the, the pain of waiting on something that it cost me. See, I think sometimes we get out of line with some of the things that God wants for us because it doesn't cost us to wait for it. It doesn't cost us to wait for it. We, we get it too easy. I have a question for you today. How aware, of you, how aware are you of your need for God's comfort and God's healing in your own life? Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this about Advent. The only ones who can celebrate Advent are the people who carry restlessness around with them, whose souls give them no peace, who know that they are poor and incomplete, and who sense something of greatness that is supposed to come. See, the, the whole process of, of waiting, of, of this whole sense of Advent, is this, this wrestling with um, this expectation of what's to come. Our third and final point today is hope is found in a person. And we know that. Hope is found in Christ. You know, I remember when uh, uh, this last you know, week, actually, I was looking at uh, and saw this whole thing that cryptocurrency crashed. How many saw that article? 
And uh, there are a lot of people putting um, uh, money into crypto and uh, some of these, you know, electronic, you know, monies things. And there was a huge crash and, and billions of dollars, billions and billions of dollars that were lost. Um, now, it wasn't actually in cash. This was in a, um, these were electronic funds that people had invested in. And so they put their real money into an electronic fund. But it crashed. These monies now, you know, they've lost, people have lost, some of them have lost their entire, you know, wealth. Their entire income. If you put all of your hope into a 401k or something like that, you know, I, I talked to a gentleman back when GM went under and they lost everything because they'd worked for GM their whole life. And when they, you know, when they, you know, closed and they, you know, shut down their, you know, retirement, they lost it all. You can't put your hope in, a, in something like that. It's got to be in something bigger. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in Jesus and his promised arrival in the future to restore all that is broken. Have you ever missed something because... I added an extra word in there. What God was doing because you were looking for something you wanted? Have you ever missed something because what God was... Because... Have you ever done that and you added a few extra words in a sentence? And my wife said, that's why you're supposed to reread these sentences several times before you actually put them out there. And my wife is right 100% of the time in these times. But have you ever missed something because you missed what God was doing because you were looking for something that you wanted? It's pro the sentence is probably right. I just have to read it correctly. You know, I, I have missed many times what God was doing because I was looking for something that I really wanted and not what God was doing. For the people who missed Jesus, it was because their hope was in their specific expectation. They wanted something else. When Jesus failed to meet their expectation, they missed him altogether. And this morning, in the midst of whatever you are going through, where do you find your hope? See, there is a difference be, in being hopeful for something and being hopeful in something. And, and I hope today you understand that you can be hopeful in Christ or be hopeful for Christ. While we wait on the Lord, what would set us perfectly for the, when he arrives in our life? While we wait on the Lord, what would set us up perfectly for when he arrives in our lives? I've got these, this little bit as we close. For some of us, this means this season of Advent is perfect for forgiving someone. That's what I had to deal with when I started thinking about my brother as I get ready to go see him today. Even for things that I know that we will probably never deal with. I had to forgive him before he, we even confront some of these things. For seeking forgiveness. For pressing into God. For repenting of sin. For serving people. For loving others. We wait, but we wait actively. We come to him today with this confident expectation of hope. This promise of, of the things that God wants to do in our lives. I know today was a, a little more lengthy getting us into this, this Advent series, but I just wanted you to be aware of uh, the significance of, of what Christ came to do for us and what he came to um, prepare for us. This, this eager anticipation of the message of Christ. And so um, if you'd bow your heads with me this morning. 
I don't know what you are struggling with, where you're at in your own thought processes and your own um, battles today. But here's one thing that I know. That Christ is available to you. That he is present. That his desire is to meet you and to bring comfort and healing to restore that which is broken. I don't know how that's going to work out in your life. I know that my prayers for my brother are, are working out ways that I never anticipated, and I have no idea how today's going to go. But this one thing I know, that as I continue to go to the Lord in prayer, he is going to do things that are really a miracle. So, I invite you to look to Jesus. The gift of hope in this world. And if you don't know him yet, if you've not been introduced yet to um, this message of hope, if you, if you don't quite yet understand who Jesus is as um, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, today is the perfect day to begin that journey. Today is the perfect day to start understanding who he is in light of that and also to begin that eager anticipation of his return because we we know um, that because he came he is going to return and take his children home one day and so if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior we want to give you an opportunity to um, to acknowledge that today, just say, I, I just, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, I know that more than anything in my life. So if that's you today, I just uh, invite you to raise your hand wherever you're seated at today. Okay. Lord, we just... Uh, Continue to trust you that in the midst of all the things that are going on, that um, you know what we need. You know each heart and each person's life, and you know um, where they're at. And I pray that whatever it takes to move a person to a place of a understanding and acceptance of who you are, that you will continue to move us, draw us to your presence. I thank you for... I thank you for what you're doing in my life, and I thank you for my, my um, encounter with my brother um, this week and what you're going to do today. I, I claim by faith, um, Father, that you're going to continue to bring us to a place of healing in our relationship, that, Father, there will be an opportunity for him to understand you as Lord and Savior again. And uh, I just thank you for that. And uh, Father, I just pray your blessing on each person here today. I pray that uh, as we start this uh, series, this uh, Advent series, celebrating uh, uh, the uh, message of hope, that we will take hope into our world. And uh, we just thank you for it. Uh, we pray your blessing on these things. We pray a, just a blessing also on those in our, our body that are just uh, still struggling with sickness. Um, um, I thank you for... Um, uh, Isaac and Meredith as they're uh, physically recovering from COVID and just doing better. I thank you that as I 
uh, talked with Meredith this morning. She, you know, talked about just doing better, this, uh, still having some of those roller coaster days, but that, Father, they are getting stronger and doing better, and we thank you for that. And talked to Jerry and Martha this week. Father, I thank you that they are doing so much better and getting stronger, and uh, I just thank you for your hand on them, that you've helped them to overcome. And, Father, the others in our, our body that are just continuing to struggle different uh, illnesses right now, just thank you that, Father, we are in your hands, trusting you each day, each step of the way. Pray your blessing on these things. We ask for this in your name. Amen. This time, if we uh, could have our ushers come, we're going to wait upon you for morning tithes and offerings. And um, we do have a couple of items coming up here. Um, We have... um, a bake sale coming up on December the 12th um, for the youth. Um, it'll be right after church, and um, uh, that'll be, uh, there'll be a sign-up sheet um, starting, I'm guessing, for next Sunday there, and so uh, that'll be uh, for, they're raising funds for Elevate and for youth camp. And then also, um, Meredith asked me to announce that there is a women's Christmas party planned on the 12th, also at 2 p.m. So, we're having a double party that day. So, yes. Not the 12th. So, on Monday. Yeah, I knew that. I just give. Their sign-up sheet for the, um, all right, so the seniors and the ladies events are on the bulletin board, and so, all right, so I think that is it for the announcements that I know of at the moment, so, all righty, let us pray. Father, thank you uh, for this day, let your blessing be upon um, this offering, multiply it to meet the needs of your kingdom, we thank you for it, and we ask for this in your name. Amen. Uh, The seniors' Christmas party is going to be at um, Cracker Barrel from 11.30 till whenever you leave. And so, um, and uh, if you want to know if you qualify for the seniors' uh, age grouping, talk to Miss Jean. You can get special invites. So, she is very gracious on her senior timing, so praise God. And then at this time, um, we are going to um, have a decorating party. And so, um, so those of you that are able to stay and help, um, Miss Jennifer will give you directions. Now, we're not putting the big 